The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs, offering players a free shot at $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and search the whole wide variety of free contests and an opportunity to win cash prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball and hockey playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is uh, Tuesday, June 8th, Ian Cameron and the birthday boy, Alex B. Smith, uh, joining me today uh, for this Tuesday uh, show and breaking down the Tuesday card. Before we get to that, though, a very happy birthday uh, to Alex B. Smith, someone I've known now for almost a decade. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, he has been my uh, colleague, friend on this show uh, now for years, uh, and it is his birthday today. So, Alex, happy birthday. Thank you so much, and thanks everybody in the chat for wishing me happy birthday. They have 32 years around the sun now, so uh, like you said, yeah, we've known each other for a decade, been working together in, in some capacity. So, uh, you know, I'm really happy to be spending part of the birthday today with you and all the, the viewers today. All right, awesome stuff. Oh, by the way, before we get into uh, talking about hockey, let's talk about the uh, store, the Ice Guys store, and the special uh, deal that we've got going on uh, with the, uh, your birthday being part of that. Uh, tell us about it, Alex. I, I clipped out what did you say? Oh, the store, uh, the Ice Guys store. Oh, what yeah, yeah, the Ice Guys store. Yeah, we got the coupon code. Uh, if you go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ice Guys, uh, it's 15% off of, of anything you purchase. Uh, the store and it starts from now until Friday. So we got the coupon code. Just you click at the top of the screen to hit redeem, uh, and then it'll tally everything up at your checkout, and you get 15% off. So that's shop.spreadshirt.com slash Ice Guys. There you go. Uh, yeah, check it out. We've got uh, lots of great merch there at the Ice Guys store. Uh, visit it. Use that promo code. Uh, get a little bit of a discount on your purchase for sure. Check the out the uh, Ice Guys store. Uh, yeah, let's talk about last night. Uh, obviously, we had a couple of games, the first one being the Bruins and the Islanders. And the uh, Bruins, uh, hey, they started the game the way they wanted. Uh, a fast start, an early goal by David Posternock, shooting the puck, which was a uh, a, a area of focus for the Bruins going into game five uh, in that uh, particular uh, hockey game. Uh, and they came out with the start they wanted. Unfortunately, uh, the island penalty trouble is what got the Bruins last night. They couldn't stay out of the box. However, the, the some of those penalties were warranted. And it's not so much that the penalties that were called on Boston last night uh, weren't warranted. It's that there was there was a lot of stuff in terms of things that the Islanders were doing, whether it was high sticks, whether it was interference, whether it was tripping, whether it was hooking, there were a lot of things that Islander players were doing that, and those plays were not being called. And look, I am never one to really want to be that guy. And what do I mean by that guy? That guy that says, oh, the ref screwed us. Uh, that was the fix is in. Oh, they they want they didn't want the Bruins to win. Oh, the refs just uh, totally screwed us. The league doesn't want the Bruins to win. And that's the kind of nonsense that you hear, you know, after a night like we saw last night. 
I don't believe that for a second. I just think that for some reason, uh, a happenstance, coincidence, whatever the case may be, there was just a bunch of calls missed on the one side. And either they didn't see them or they didn't feel it was the right thing to call those penalties. But there were definitely instances of the Islanders, you know, getting um, getting away with some things in that game. Uh, like I say, a lot of the Bruins penalties, I think they deserve them. But it's just and Bruce Cassidy said it in his post game, you know, that I, we felt the Islanders were doing some some of the stuff we were getting called for. And it wasn't getting called on them for some reason. So I understand his beef. This is a legit beef. He does have one because the Islanders were getting away with a lot of stuff. I saw. I remember there was a trip in the new, in the center ice area with like four minutes to go in the third period, with the Bruins really having momentum at that point. They had just made it five four, and all of a sudden that pe- uh, penalty doesn't get called, and it's like wow. Uh, unbelievable that that was missed. And look, uh, it really sunk the Bruins. They didn't really get anything generated. Uh, with the uh, extra attacker and the net empty. Now, you could say, if you're the Bruins, like, you, you, yeah, you can be upset about the penalties, but at the same time, that's not the sole reason you lost the game. Refereeing is never the sole reason you lost the game. And like I often say, when you get all the penalties like Boston did, kill them. Find a way to make your penalty kill, get the job done. And they didn't do that well enough uh, in last night's game. The PK wasn't satisfactory enough. Uh, the Islanders got their power play going uh, and made the Bruins pay for it. Uh, Tuka Rask, surprisingly, it wasn't an injury-related pull for Tuka Rask. It was performance-related because the, he was right there on the bench in the third period. He's not sitting on the bench with the ball cap on. You know, if he's uh, uh, if it was an injury-related pull, uh, that was because they wanted to turn the momentum. He had given up four goals going into the third period, so they went to Jeremy Swayman uh, in the third. And the poor kid, first-ever playoff start, he gives up a goal in, like, one of his first shots early in the third uh, to make it 5-2, to two, but obviously a tough spot to put him in. So, yeah, they have a beef with the refs. I don't doubt that for a second. Um, but at the same time, kill some penalties. Don't break down defensively. And there were too many breakdowns defensively last night for the Bruins. And you don't expect that from them. And the third reason they lost the game, finish some more of your chances. I know you scored four. Most times you want to be say you can win a game when you score four goals in the playoffs. But there were a bunch of other opportunities that they failed to capitalize on. Varlamov was uh, very, very strong in net again uh, last night. But look, I understand being upset with the officiating. But we got to cut it out with just that's the reason they lost. That is the reason, and that's the only reason they lost. I don't buy into that argument ever. That's never, to me, a valid argument, saying that's the only reason we lost the game because the referees didn't give us any calls. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not that guy. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just not going to be that person that says a loss is solely blamed on the refs or the officiating. You know, did it have a hand in it? Potentially, but it's not the sole reason. You have to play better. Simple as that, especially uh, defensively, and the Bruins had trouble uh, last night uh, against the Islanders. And now for the first time in this series, uh, we see a team win two straight, Islanders up 3-2, and now a chance to close it out in game six, which would not make me happy as someone that likes Boston in seven and the series to go seven. I'm thinking, man, one and one, maybe two and oh with those bets. An Islander win in game six, and I'm looking at an 0-2 oh uh, with those two uh, bets I placed pre-series uh, on the Islanders and the uh, Bruins. So we'll see how it goes in game six. Uh, Alex, uh, your thoughts last night on a wild one. Islanders, Bruins, they're going to feel like, man, we outplayed them and we couldn't win it. Yeah, I mean, they did what they were what they were you know aiming to do you know going into this game. They wanted to get a ton of shots on Varlamov. They got 44 of them. Uh, but Varlamov stood on his head, made 40 saves. Uh, you know, and he was you know clutch when he needed. Where you know Tukarask you know landed a couple of soft goals and like said ends up getting yanked. Uh, you know that that's the real narrative. I mean, yes, the the penalties you know as well uh, you know didn't help matters at all. But like you said, you can't solely you know rely on uh, or, or solely blame a loss strictly on penalties. It wasn't the, you know, like I said, that's just the way it goes. And you, like I said, if you have to, you know, you feel slighted by that, then stand up and, and kill off that penalty, like you mentioned. Uh, so it's just, the, you know, unfortunate to see, like you said, you know, if you, if you like this, this series going seven games, I still think Boston has a, a puncher's chance on the road, but it's going to be tough. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, the, the momentum is all on New York side and them going back home uh, where their building's been absolutely electric. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game to see for sure. But 
you know, and then the call now, of course, is everybody saying, well, who's going to be in that? Is it going to be Rask? Is it going to be Swayman? Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, plenty of debates. I'm sure all of New England uh, sports radio and sports talking and different shows are going to be uh, raging on with that until puck drop for game six. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that matchup moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Cassidy made it sound like Rask should be. He's hoping he's ready for a, a game six. We'll have to uh, wait and see on that. Uh, the line that he used was funny. You know, the New, uh, the New York Saints uh, talking about them in that uh, game last night. Uh, look, he just uh, he he went in. It, it, you know what was nice, too? Usually when the ref uh, coach is pissed at the referees, he's screaming, he's yelling, he's just raising his voice at the top of his lungs. Not Cassidy last night. It was calm. It was measured. It was, you know, diplomatic. He he had his beef. He 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 put it poured it out there about the refs last night, but he didn't ever scream and yell and go nuts. And it was like some kind of crazy tirade. He was very calm. His voice was just nice and steady uh, the whole time. Just you know, spoke out. You know that hey, I felt you know all the shit we were getting called for. They were doing some of that, and they didn't get called for it at all. So like I say, I'm in the camp where. The referee could have been a referee had to be a lot better than it was last night, but you can't solely blame the loss on that. Did it have a hand in it? Yes. Uh, but again, kill the penalties. Don't break down defensively like they did. Do those other things and maybe you win that game. Jimmy, a uh, good time to bring Jimmy Murphy in. He's joining us here. Jimmy covering last night's game. And in fact, his question is the one that led to that response from uh, Bruce Cassidy with the old New York Saints talking about the uh, New York Islanders uh, last night. Uh, Jimmy, uh, obviously, look, uh, the officiating definitely had a hand in what we saw, and Bruce Cassidy, none too pleased about it. Yeah, and, and I apologize. I was late. I was on the phone with my accountant trying to see if I can avoid the bill they just sent me for the fine Bruce Cassidy took. Uh, but, yeah, that <laughs> – Man, you know, I, I've got a good chemistry with it. He knew what I was doing there. I threw him a softball there, and, man, he just hit it out of the park. And I, I think you pointed out great there, Ian. It's funny you say that because right before I came on, uh, well, about 25 minutes ago, I was upstairs uh, talking to one of my neighbors about it, and he's not a hockey fan, very neutral, objective, you know, no, no horse in a race here. And the one thing he came away from saying that is, you know what? I don't think anyone could have articul- articulated – what he wanted to say there better than Bruce Cassidy just did. And I I think you're right. And I think that's what you were trying to get at. He wasn't, you know, ranting, so to speak. There wasn't, uh, there was frustration, but there wasn't like a boiling over type atmosphere there where he, you know, he was going to snap and, you know, he knew he was going to get fined, but he, like he said, guys, I mean, and look, a lot of people are calling him a crybaby right now, but the same people had no problem with Barry Trotz, uh, bitching and accusing one of the greatest players in the history of the game, one of the most re- well-respected right now and the best defensive forward in the game, uh, and showing him complete disrespect and accusing him of cheating. Does he cheat? Well, depends what you call cheating. If, if Jimmy, who he, the hell doesn't when you're taking face-offs well, and you're counted upon? Yeah. If he's cheating, then so are, is every NHL player yeah. out there right now, yeah. okay? it's just You want to blame somebody for what goes on in the face-off dot, blame the ref, not the players. If they if they want you want the rules changed, you want them to enforce them better than than do it. But you know, don't be okay with letting those rules go and they benefit you. And uh, you know, what one face off leads to a goal for you. Just I don't know. It's it's gamesmanship, guys. I I had no problem with what Trot said. I have no problem with Ca- what Cassidy said. I get it. And for those out there, I'm getting killed on Twitter right now saying, "Oh, it doesn't have an effect at all." Well, you know, apparently they didn't watch the 2019 Stanley Cup Final when. Uh, Craig Berube absolutely went off a lot worse than Bruce Cassidy did. And then in game five, you know, was it Krug or Grizzlake who who was coming around the corner in the offensive zone and got completely, oh no, in the defensive zone, I mean, coming out of the corner, got tripped and the, the puck went loose. He's down on the ice hurt, no whistle blows. And one of the blues picks it up. I think it was O'Reilly and puts it in for the winning goal. I mean, don't say this stuff doesn't work. It does. And and if people want that to change, well, the league needs to talk to the referees and the, the people in charge of officiating and say, you can't be so influenced by coaches and GMs and the media and the fans. You need to just block that stuff out. Like you're a jury working a case. Uh, but until that happens, we're going to have this stuff happen. And that's why the Bruins have a puncher's chance to go on the road tomorrow night and win. Games. They're going to get a goal or two or three, you know, it. right off the bat. I guarantee the first two power plays go to the Boston Bruins in this game. Yeah, you're going to do it all the time. We saw Carolina Nashville, Brindamore, 
was not happy with the officiating. And then that was that next game, that's game four it was, in Nashville. Carolina's got the majority of the power plays in that yeah. game. It what works. It does doing? work. What do you think Tim Peel thinks they're saying right now watching this? You know, he's like, yeah, right. Caught me by action. I mean, what I said is absolutely true. And it, yeah. we do it every game. So, and you're okay with it. You, the people, you know, suspending me for life are, are, are totally ones advocating it. So I don't know. I, I, I just think if things want to change the league, the league needs to look themselves in the mirror and, and do that. Don't blame it on the coaches. Don't blame it on the players. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the I'm in total agreement in the fact that when the coach goes to that tactic of calling out officiating, calling out referees, that next, especially in a playoff series, uh, in that next game against that opponent, he's going to get an extra call or two, uh, and there's going to be a better whistle for him in that next game. And I would be shocked if there is not a better whistle for Bruce Cassidy and the Boston Bruins in Game Six uh, on Wednesday night. I'd be shocked by it. You're going to see them get a few extra power plays, guaranteed. They will have more power plays than the Islanders tomorrow night in game six. I wish that was a prop I could bet. Yeah. I think the bigger thing, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it yet, but I, you know, I'm writing about it and going to finish it right after this, is the Tuka Raz situation. This, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I tweeted already to you, if you can find a prop that says Jeremy Swayman will start tomorrow, I don't know if that exists, but if you can find it, Go and hammer it right now. I am telling you, just on things I, uh, you know, just being around the game for a while and talking to some people with the team, Jeremy Swayman's between the pipes of the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. There you go. And we'll talk about a spot for him on the road and a playoff elimination game. Talk about uh, an opportunity to either rise or rise to the occasion or, or crumble under it. We'll have to wait and see. But look, I, I don't think he can say much. You can't evaluate him in one period of hockey last night. No. Never period of playoff hockey. He comes right in the game. He gets the goal scored on him. One of the first shots he faces early in the third period. His team's trailing at the time. He, you got to evaluate how he does in game six. You know, he's going to be coming into the game right from the beginning. If he does play, that is no score uh, right from the beginning. Uh, and he'll have at least a chance to settle in. But, uh, yeah, it would be – what an incredible opportunity it would be for him, though, uh, obviously, to keep his team's season uh, alive in a game six tomorrow night. So we'll see wh- uh, where uh, the Bruins turn to in terms of goaltending. Seemed like, yeah, Cassidy did say, I assume he's going to be good and all that last yeah, night. And did you see his comments today? Lack of confidence. Uh, yeah, well, today he just – he flat out said, I don't know. I can't tell I you. Know. I can't tell. Oh, there you go. So – Look at the change just from last night to this morning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> something happened. And and guys, look, it, it, I feel I really, you know, I, I support Rask and I feel bad for him now because he's in a no win position, right? Yeah. If he's hurt, he's he's not there physically at 100 percent. And usually if you know you're hurt, you're not there 100 percent mentally, which you need to be as a goalie in an elimination game. OK, so we go out and he likely loses. He gets shot on as he always does in Boston probably play his last game ever as a Bruin. He's facing unrestricted free agency and end his career that way in Boston. But if he doesn't play and the Bruins lose, then the Raskaters are going to say, oh, he's a, he's a you-know-what, he couldn't handle it, and uh, he's not tough enough, and he let his team down again, just like they did last year when he left the bubble for you know his sick daughter. What, what a horrible father to do that, but that's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's right. You can't. You're right. He can't win. They'll find something to criticize. That you know, he comes back, plays, they lose, and uh, yeah, he couldn't get the job done. Bad goaltending, and he doesn't come back, and then all of a sudden, you know, quit on the team. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, it's it's unfortunate. It's yeah, tough to be harassed right now. I mean, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. This guy has been, you know, a great goalie for your for you. I know the cup was Thomas, not him, but so yeah. what. You know, he's had a great career. I think he deserves a little bit more props. And, and ask all the skills. For all the Bruins fans out there that are watching right now that, you know, hate on Rass, the Alex we know is a, is a well-known Chicago Blackhawks fan, right? Alex, in 2013, do you blame game six on Rask or do you credit the Blackhawks? It was the Hawks. The Hawks, they put the, they put the pressure on late and scored those two goals in the 17 seconds. That Thank was, you. Rask stood on his head that whole series. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't get to game six without Rask. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, too, guys. I don't know if you remember the series before that, when they swept the Penguins in the conference final. That was the tightest conference final sweep I've ever seen in my life, or any series sweep I've ever seen in my life where the teams are just really, really evenly matched. And almost you could say the team that got swept are more, you know, 
more often than not, was out playing the team that swept them. And, and it, it was because of rest that they won that. And I know that's hard to say in a four-game sweep, but you know, go back and watch that series game by game and, and just really study it. And you'll see, I mean, Rass stole that series just like he got him to game six in the final. Yeah, absolutely. He was amazing that season. Absolutely phenomenal. I do remember that playoff run. And I thought Chicago carried the play in that Stanley Cup final of 2013. Yeah. That Chicago team was absolutely loaded for bear. You know, that's when Kane and Taves in their prime, Seabrook and Keith in their prime. Uh, it was just an absolutely outstanding hockey team. Better teams. Season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They had a loaded team. Uh, you know, they had, a, they had a up and down their lineup. I think Patrick Sharp. I mean, you could go on and on down the list. Yeah. Just an unbelievable team uh, that they had. And they were outmanning Boston. Boston had, you know, the issues that year that sometimes they've had lately. That's where's that depth scoring? Where's that secondary? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Chicago deserved to win that series. And they, Rask gets the blame because the avalanche of goals in the final minute there in that game six clinching a game for Chicago uh, ended up uh, looking bad on him. But really, could they have even gotten to that point without him? Yeah. Probably not. Brian Bickle. Yeah, that, that's what I was trying to remember. Brian Bickle. Mr. A glue guy for Chicago. Oh, yeah. In that whole yep. Yeah. Didn't he, he ended up with MS, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he ended up. He had to retire about about four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah. There's that story uh, with, with him. But boy, he had a hell of a playoff uh, season that year uh, yeah. for the Blackhawks, indeed. And uh, for the Blo- for the Bruins to uh, extend their playoff run this year, they're going to have to win tomorrow night. We'll tee up tomorrow night's game on uh, Wednesday's show, and we have to give our congratulations, clap, hats off to the Montreal Canadiens who finish off the Winnipeg Jets in a four-game sweep uh, last night. Unbelievable job. And first of all, look, there is a segment of the population like there is with the Leafs, like there is with the Yankees in baseball, the Patriots in NFL, the Dallas Cowboys in NFL. There are vast segments of the population that hate a specific team hate a specific franchise and regardless of what that team does they will poke holes in that team regardless of what they do and the montreal canadians are one of those teams they either love them or you hate them and the people that hate them and i'm still not everybody but there are still a lot of people a lot on twitter that hate the montreal canadians are saying even after sweeping the jets and basically dominating the series and playing their best game of the series last night if you ask me uh, in game four that are still saying, well, the Jets hit a few posts. Well, Connor Hellebuck wasn't that good. Carey Price stole the series. Well, this, well, that. Uh, oh, the Winnipeg Jets' big guns didn't show up. Oh, Winnipeg's not a real playoff team. All of this, stop. Stop. Give the team some credit. Give the Montreal Canadiens their due. They've earned that. They've earned it. You can say what you want about Toronto. You can say what you want. They choke in the playoffs every year. You can say what you want about Winnipeg. They're a flawed team in a lot of different areas. But Montreal dominated this series. And if you want to debate me on that, I will point you to pages of stats with expected goal margins at five versus five and power and for the full game and five on five even strength that point to absolute dominance by the Montreal Canadiens in this series. All right. So stop with this nonsense that it was a, a lucky bounce here. You know, Carey Price stealing the series. Oh, they hit a few posts. Oh, Montreal got – I'm also hearing the officiating was bad uh, in that series, and Montreal got too many calls to go their way. All of this stuff. Stuff it. Please, stuff it. Give them their due. They played a great series. Uh, it's like what I just said, Ian, about yeah. the Blackhawks. You know, like and Alex confirmed there. For once, give the team that won some credit. Why are we yeah. always focused? Even like, like, yeah, like you just said, with them beating the Leafs, like the whole narrative kept being on the Leafs. What about the thing that the Canadians just did? I mean, that was right. amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I will say, I'll, I'll say this too about them. This is a this is a team that moving forward, and in this series, they won it with a bunch of different contributors. Toffoli and Anderson were the forwards that carried them in the regular season. You can't say that they're the only two guys now that can score. Look at how. Yusperi uh, Kotkaniemi stepped up. Nick Suzuki stepped up. Corey Perry with some big goals uh, in this series. Uh, you look at the contributions of Arturi Lekkonen, who just got in the lineup the last couple games, and he scores a huge goal for them uh, last night. They have gotten their other players in the lineup to finally get going for them uh, offensively, and that's been huge. They didn't have Jeff Petrie last night. 
who's a hugely important piece on their blue line. And they had their maybe their best game of the series last night and maybe of the entire playoffs beating the Winnipeg Jets last night. The game doesn't even get to overtime if not for Connor Hellebuck. You know, he was absolutely fantastic. It was his best game of the series. They controlled the game uh, to Foley. Cole Caulfield, what an unbelievable pass to set up to Foley uh, for the overtime winner. You know, Montreal deserves some credit. It's it's time to knock it off with the nonsense, all right? With They got lucky. They got a few breaks. The referees were, you know, favoring the Canadians and all this ridiculous crap, because that's what it is, crap, that I'm hearing. Uh, enough. Let's give them some credit. Now, as far as the next series, they get some rest. Colorado and Vegas are going to continue to beat each other up for at least two more games. Normally, the rest, I like it. And I actually think this Montreal team, guys, they need the rest because Petrie's out. They've been banged up a little bit, uh, Montreal. But at the same time, you're rolling. You're on fire. They've caught fire. They're running good right now. They almost feel like they want to get back out there every other day and keep playing with you're in this great group. Does the, does the break maybe halt that momentum uh, a little bit? And I know there's people counting them out. Because people say the North Division is like its own hockey league. It's clearly inferior to the rest of the NHL this year, the North Division. I understand there's people that think that. But I give Montreal more than a puncher's chance against either Colorado or Vegas, the way they're playing right now, the way they're defending, the way Carey Price has been, which is unreal, the way they're depth scoring. They're getting the first through the fourth line all chipping in offensively right now. That's not happened at all this season for Montreal until these last uh, seven games that they've won uh, here in the playoffs. It's time to it's time to give them some d- props and realize that they're going to make that a tough series for whoever they face in the semifinals, in my opinion. I'm not saying they win the series, but if you think they're just going to get dominated and walked over, I don't buy that. I think they're in that series. I think they're competitive yeah. in any series they play in that next round against Colorado or Vegas. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Do you agree with me? And what did you think of the, the Habs sweeping the Jets? Yeah, I, I do agree. Like I said, we have the time for us to give the Habs credit and, and not just kind of shit on the you know teams they beat, basically. Uh, they will give Colorado Vegas a bit of a series because of the fact that Colorado Vegas are beating each other up and you know going to go six, possibly seven games. So that's going to be a, a bit to their advantage. But if either Colorado or Vegas, you know, shows up with their A game in that series, it, it you know, it, it might be uglier more nights than others. But that being said, this Montreal team, like I said, the way that they're playing right now, and, and Carey Price, you know, like I said, you got to give him, I would say, the most credit, honestly. He's been playing lights out, and, you know, I think he knows now. And the team, you know, we always talk about teams that win, sometimes rallying around certain guys, especially certain veterans when they make a playoff run. I think that's really the kind of, uh, you know, a bit of a hidden storyline here with this Montreal team. You know, Price has played his ass off for years uh, and has had some, you know, disappointing playoff exits throughout his career so for this team to kind of rally around him and his play and then moving forward you know getting to essentially a conference final now uh that that's a a huge point that i think needs to be noticed and you know if you can bet on it now maybe look for some odds for you know uh con smith if they find a way way to, to pull the upset off and get to the cup final even if they win or lose carrie price is definitely going to be uh you know in high regard for getting that Smythe trophy. We've seen goalies uh, in losing efforts. Last the last time. one, guys? It was uh, Jaguar back in 2003 with Anaheim. So we've seen it happen a couple – I think it's been three or four instances in the last maybe 40 years. But, uh, you know, that would be something to, to possibly look at down the road. But like I said, Montreal, they're going to, they're gonna you know, play with some effort. They're not going to roll over uh, in this next round. Yeah, it'll be – I'm fascinated. I'm very, very fascinated. Whoever, it doesn't matter who they play either. I'm fascinated by this next series, them against either Colorado uh, or Vegas. Uh, Jimmy, thoughts on the Habs? Yeah, you know, and look, guys, I'll eat some crow. I was wrong. I, You know, I in the beginning of the year, I was high in them. I had them going to the cup final. Um, and, you know, maybe I forgot my reasoning why and what my reasoning why was there. And now it's becoming clearly evident is that this team wasn't necessarily built for the fast – high-end skill, finesse-type regular season, this team was built, I don't care how you make it, just get to the playoffs, and that's when you're going to shine because that's what you're built for. And we look at this league right now, right? They're a copycat league. What type of team were the Washington Capitals in 2018? What type of team were the St. Louis Blues in 2019? And what were the Tampa Bay Lightning like last year? They were teams that had a ton of size in their second and third lines. Teams that had guys that can pot in 15 to 20 goals a year that are big dudes that can play the physical 
type of games you need in the playoffs and, and deal with the, you know, we were just talking about officiating all the things that get let go, the cross checks or whatever the you know, the targeting of people's injuries that, that we see in the playoffs, they can deal with playoff hockey. And it looks like Bergevin did a really good job of putting the pieces together in this puzzle and putting those type of players in there, a Corey Perry and Eric Stahl, you know, a Tyler Toffoli, uh, you know, What's his, I'm losing my mind right now. What's Josh? What's his Josh name? Anderson? Anderson. What? <laughs> I kept thinking, man. Joel I'm Edmondson sorry. as well. Good yeah, yeah, and Joel Edmondson. Guys like that, you know, like I mean, just guys that can grind it out. And teams are always trying to do that now. They're trying to copy the champions, and I think Mark Bergevin, it looks like, might have done that the best. And I'll tell you, I think that you know, I, I get what you're saying, Alex, but I think they they have a much better shot than maybe you're thinking against those two teams because you look at Colorado. In Vegas right now, there's they're great. This is a this is a battle of the titans. I get it, and they're way more skilled than the Montreal Canadiens. But do the Canadians have more of the type of players I just mentioned than those two teams? That's that's what I think ends up winning in the end as you go on in the playoffs. Yeah, skill wins. You got and if you can have a blend, but I don't know. Like I just feel like there's something about this team right now, and they're coming together. You mentioned Price; they're definitely rallying around him. You know, sometimes you got to just read the tea leaves and there, there could be something special going on here with this team. I don't maybe I'm getting ahead of myself and I know I'm pulling a 180, but uh, something interests me about this team right now. And, and your points are exactly right on and that they're better b- built for playoff success and winning at this time of year than in the regular season because of the way they're constructed. No question with a defense that's been very solid, the back end, the, the elite goalie, the four forward lines that are big, strong, can skate. They can do all of that. They can make plays. Uh, they can do all of that. And now they're getting that depth scoring. Like I said, it's not yeah. just a fully Petrie. If Petrie yeah. can't come back, that that worries me a lot because they'll miss yeah, him. Because- He's huge. You remember what they looked like without him on that blue line down the stretch. So yeah. that's a big loss. It would be. And we're going to have to see if he can return for that series. And again, that'll put a lot more uh, minutes and pressure on Weber. On Sherratt Char- has been brilliant. I'm not just saying that because he's from my home of Hamilton. He's been amazing, Ben Sherratt. Uh, in this series for the Montreal Canadiens, beating his old team. Maybe you should have kept Ben Sherratt uh, if you're the Winnipeg Jets uh, as well, looking at uh, being eliminated by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but, yeah, he's had a great series. Uh, Edmondson been terrific. I don't like the fact that, you know, Gustafson, give him credit. Power play goal, great shot. That's where he's – that's the strength what you know, side <laughs> of it. I still don't know if I'd want to see more of him and Brett Kulak because those are the two areas where you can do yeah. some damage. I Montreal. think he's in. I love yeah. Romanov. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Romanov should definitely keep uh, stay in the lineup. He could be a stud. Yeah, Going absolutely. Towards. Yeah, I, I was nice to actually see him finally get in. One quick mention about the, the uh, Jets. Very simple. Too many passengers in this series. Nothing out of Kyle mm-hmm. Connor. Nothing out of Blake Wheeler. Uh, nothing out of it. Uh, Ehlers had some chances, but not enough offensive production. And Pierre-Luc Dubois, just a complete invisible man. Couldn't find him with a telescope on the ice in that series. Oh, I did see him a couple of times taking dumbass, stupid, selfish penalties. That's about it uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, disappointing for him. And they've got some choices to make in the offseason and decisions to make at this point in time with uh, how they tweak this uh, roster. Because, look, after the way they uh, swept Edmonton to turn around and get swept by Montreal, that's a bitter pill to swallow. That's a tough end to the season. Uh, yeah, how, how does Paul Maurice feel about that Shifley cheap shot right now? He's going to defend yeah, it. Shifley, yeah, couldn't even well, get back to the series. Don't tell me that that wasn't a huge factor there because that eliminated the biggest advantage they had in that series, and that was up the middle. You yeah. know, like just a dump. And, you know, like you said, Dubois had to step up. But still, I mean, that was a selfish Nazem Kadri type thing to do, you know? Yeah. No, hundred percent right. Uh, it was a it was a, that that ended up being significant because it takes another center, another top six forward away, and again Wheeler nothing, Connor nothing. Uh, Ehlers came back, uh, not a great series. He had chances. I thought he was good. He was active. Look, Adam Lowry, your best offensive forward. He got problems uh, in the playoff series, and he was for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Although he's the one forward that did show up. I loved Adam Lowry's game uh, for the Winnipeg Jets in this series. Unfortunately, he was one of the few. Uh, that ended up uh, playing well up front. And look, when he's your leading goal scorer up front and the only goals you get in a must-win game are from Logan Stanley, you know, you got problems, uh, essentially. So a uh, tough way to go for the Winnipeg Jets getting dominated, but Montreal earned it. 
dominating series sweep, and they're on to the semifinals. And we're on to breaking down the card tonight, uh, Tuesday's games. Let's get to it. We'll start with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes. Tampa Bay minus 115 to minus 120. Uh, road favorites here looking to close out the Hurricanes in five. Uh, speaking of uh, five, the total five and a half here uh, shaded to the under uh, in this one. Um, Tampa Bay did fail in game five against Florida on the road to close out the Panthers. Remember, the Panthers won game five to, to stick around in that series. And that's the game they put Spencer Knight in uh, for the first time, and he was terrific that night. So they have shown that they haven't closed out a team that first try. And one thing about Carolina is I do know that they're the type of team that's going to give their absolute best tonight, win or lose. question is, is their best going to be good enough? Uh, that we don't know. I lean a little to the Canes as a slight home dog, but I can't say I love it. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, has just looked better. And it looks like even when Carolina gets some things to go their way, Tampa Bay is coming right back down and answering. Uh, so we'll see if the Lightning can put it away in this one. And look, they've missed a couple of their key forwards. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if some of them are coming back, uh, specifically Trocheck. There's a chance could be returning for the Hurricanes. We'll have to wait and see uh, who they go to as well uh, in terms of their goaltending. I was expecting it to be uh, Alexander uh, Nedeljkovic uh, back in net uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes tonight after the last game. Not that that crazy game with the eight goals in the second period was Peter Morozik's fault, but I just get that sense that you know after him suffered after he suffered his first loss, they may make that switch. It has actually not been confirmed yet, so uh, keep an eye on that. We'll probably know uh, at game time whether he will be back uh, tonight for the. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, in net. Uh, Trocheck right now looks like the latest on him is a game time decision uh, for tonight. Uh, Nino Niederreiter for the Hurricanes. They actually are expecting him and hoping to have him back tonight uh, in game five. So you could have both back tonight. Uh, Niederreiter uh, and uh, Vincent Trocheck as well. Warren Fogel uh, also uh, upper body injury questionable in game time decision. So that's three forwards for Carolina. We'll know right before game time whether they play. I definitely lean Canes. Uh, maybe a small play on that. You know what, what I will be on for sure, uh, and you can get it again at five dimes as low as minus 140. That's over one and a half, minus 140 in the third period for this Tampa Bay-Carolina game, elimination game. Didn't work out last night, the third period over. Did not cash with Montreal-Winnipeg scoreless third period, but still 10-4 and four overall in the playoffs, the third period over in elimination games. I think it gets there tonight. So really not much other than a small bet maybe on the Hurricanes tonight. Uh, I like just the third period over here, one and a half minus 140. Alex, what's your take here, Lightning and Hurricanes? Yeah, a couple of days ago, I grabbed uh, Lightning at minus $1.10. I, th- I thought that was an awfully cheap price. And sure enough, we've now seen it go to a minus $1.25, minus $1.30. Uh, I think they'll be able to close out tonight. And, and based on what you said, because of the fact of how they blew that chance against Florida in game five and the fact that now their offense is completely wide open these you know the two to one games that we saw in the you know uh first few contests uh the floodgates have opened now and I think that offensive momentum is going to carry for for Tampa Bay uh you know Carolina they've, they've had played a great game they've had you know some good good efforts like I said I just don't see where the goaltending is going to hold up if this Carolina if this Tampa Bay offense uh is firing on all cylinders again like they were uh in the previous game so I like Tampa Bay to win here and I'll be playing a small bit on that third period over. I, I found it at minus $1.45, so maybe more like a quarter unit, half unit play. But I'm already on uh, Tampa Bay money line. All right, like in Tampa Bay to close it out. Jimmy, uh, do you think Tampa closes it out here tonight? I do, but I don't think they're able to do it in regulation. Uh, I, I got three plays on this. I like the Tampa money line, and I like this game to go to overtime. But I also like the Carolina Hurricanes to come roaring out of the gate and win the first period on the three-way money line there. Uh, some good value there. So uh, that's how I think this game's going to go. I see Carolina coming out of the, you know, just really taking it to them early on, then maybe wearing down a bit. Tampa, like they always do, hanging around, and then taking it to overtime and clinching the series. Yeah, I mean, Carolina early, Tampa Bay gets stronger as the game goes on. You know, we've seen so many examples of that, even in the last series where Florida jumps out quick early uh, and then uh, they get better Tampa Bay and stronger as the game goes on. Uh, so there's definitely something to that. Uh, by the way, if you like that uh, first period uh, puck line on uh, Tampa Bay, uh, you can get a pretty good price uh, on that, by the way, with the uh, first period on or first period on Carolina, I should say, uh, in this one. Uh, let me just uh, see what it is here. Yeah, minus a half plus 175 there. 
uh, with that yeah. first period puck line. Plus 175 Carolina to be leading uh, after the uh, first period. And and a note that I made, you know, last, last couple of days, Jimmy, you say you like the the OT prop, but you want to you want to play on the regulation draw as opposed to yes no prop on overtime because the prices have been astronomically different. We've seen a forty or fifty cent difference, so you wow. get a, a better bang for your buck with the regulation yeah. draw as opposed to the yes no overtime prop. Exactly. Yeah, bet the draw. Don't bet those overtime props. I agree, hundred uh, percent. Can back up what Alex is saying. There's been a value decline significantly uh, going to the overtime prop rather than. Uh, the draw option, the three, it's a three-way money line, the regulation draw, whatever you want to call it. Make sure that's what you're betting. If you like these games in the playoffs to go to overtime, hundred percent right about that. Uh, next up, we've got the uh, Vegas golden Knights and the Colorado avalanche minus minus one fifty home favorites here. The abs in game five, five and a half the total uh, shaded to the under. I feel like they've, uh, they, I feel like I can't jump ship. That's, that's essentially what I'm thinking going into this game. Like I, I was wrong with Colorado in game four, and I worry that this series is getting away from them a bit because they've been thoroughly outplayed, thoroughly. The last eight periods has been all Vegas. They've dominated. Colorado can't get any inch of time and space to make a play. They got a Vegas player on them constantly. Uh, They just cannot get any time. They cannot get any space to make plays with the puck. Um, we're going to have to hope home ice does something to reinvigorate and re-energize Colorado. And I think the fact that Colorado does have last line change makes a big difference tonight. They'll at least be able to get better matchups for the top line, McKinnon, Landeskog, uh, Rantanen uh, going forward. Um, I think the first period here for Colorado is a good bet. I like that one. Don't know about the full game, but I think the first period, there's got to be a response early from this avalanche team having that home crowd on their side. And that's the one thing about Colorado, even in game two, uh, even though that game went to overtime, Colorado had a good start to that game two. And they had obviously an incredible start in game one, uh, but that was obviously influenced by a brutal spot for Vegas playing 48 hours after that Minnesota series ended uh, in seven games. They just got to be able to find a way to get better time, better space on the ice. They haven't had any, yeah, they've had Vegas players breathing down their neck, essentially, every time they've had the puck. You know, the last two-plus games of this series, that's got to change uh, starting tonight. I think the start is when I can bank on Colorado being good. Uh, I got in at, at minus 140 on Colorado, money line in the first period. That's the one I really like. And I'm going to stick to the over again here, five and a half at even money, uh, plus 100. Uh, Colorado, I think, has got to amp up the pace. I think they will generate a little bit of more opportunity to get time, space, separation uh, for their best players from this incredibly tenacious defense and defending that we've seen uh, from the goal tonight. So those are the two looks I really like. First period with Colorado, minus 140, as well as the uh, over five and a half here at even money, uh, plus 100 here in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Game five, pivotal game here, 2-2 series, Vegas and Colorado. Yeah, I like Colorado uh, in the first period on the puck line. So you land a half goal at plus 160. I think they've got to come out uh, guns blazing in this first 20 minutes of play to get things back on their side. Like I said, the last eight periods play, uh, they've been, you know, pretty much out out and played, you know, more or less. And it's just, you know, we talk about this too in the playoffs, especially in these later series where breaking things down, not so much game by game, but period by period, looking at it, you know, like a a, a map overview of, of uh, the series. And that's the way that uh, Colorado's got to play. They got to come back, you know, one period at a time uh, and, and get things swinging in their favor, uh, you know, use that home crowd to their advantage. So I, I like Colorado to, to, to get off here. I also like them to score first, but I think definitely that they'll have the lead after 20. So I'm laying the half goal at plus 160. All right, that good price with that, minus a half goal, plus 160 uh, for Colorado uh, in the first period. What I'll probably do is if I cash with Colorado first period, which I think has got a good chance, I think they could have the lead after the first. I want to see how the second period starts. And if Colorado doesn't sustain that, you know, the control of the game and keeping that four-check pressure on in the offensive zone, and I see a little semblance of Vegas regrouping after the first period and coming out better and stronger, I might bet Vegas in-game to be honest with you at that point, because we've seen even in game two, which Colorado won, Vegas got better. They had that bad first period in game two in this building in Denver. And then second period, third period, Vegas took control. We could see that tonight. That's why I only feel safe with Colorado first period. Could they win the game? Yes. Wouldn't shock me, but I just think the first period is the better edge for them tonight. What do you think, Jimmy Vegas, Colorado? 
You know what, guys? I I agree. I mean, I, I definitely love that first period value you can get there. They're gonna they're gonna come out strong. You know that they're home ranked. They haven't lost there in what thirteen games can, uh, going back into the regular season. So uh, they, they're gonna have a strong performance. I, I'm just wondering right now, though. You know, we talked about uh, center depth uh, with the Canadians there and the other teams and uh, what have you, and and with the Jets. Look at Colorado, like it's not being talked about right now how much they miss Kadri, you know, and how much that's hurting yep. them right now. And, and we saw it happen. And it's, it's, it's sad because it, everyone else seems to realize what a great center Nazem Kadri is except himself. He doesn't realize how valuable he is. And he, he commits these selfish acts. I mean, he, how many times he do that to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So here we go again, where, you know, his loss could swing a series. And that's what I think is happening right here. So, I'm just going to stick with that first period because I I don't I can't convince myself that the Colorado Avalanche uh, returned to Las Vegas with the series lead. I just can't. I, I got a good feeling they're going to be down and have to win a game six on the road. All right, yeah, that's I, I like that's that's my strategy. Colorado, especially if I see Vegas really coming out strong early second period, if they get down one nothing or whatever the case may be, have a rough first period, which I think could happen, and but they regroup. And they come out and take over the game in the second period like they did in game two. It's a live Vegas bet for me at yeah. that time. I'll be jumping in for sure on the goal. Look, I'm tied up in Colorado too much as it is. Colorado for the series and the minus one and a half games, which is looking really uh, <laughs> not likely at this point in time. Um, but so I, I'm going to be jumping in on Vegas if they come out strong second period and look like they could be turning the tide a little bit tonight it's a yep. great game for live betting from that standpoint no question and jump maybe on patrick to score i mean yeah. he, he's been oh, unreal. Or even just register a point uh yeah. he's been unreal since he came it's the best hockey i've ever seen him play and i have watched him many years when he was in montreal so uh he's playing probably the best hockey of his life right now yeah he's playing great uh obviously patrick coming back has been huge for them uh, and Marcia so has stepped up significantly the last few games as well. Uh, Jonathan Marsh has so been uh, excellent as well. And you and Jimmy's point is absolutely right about Kadri being out because now McKinnon, Jost, Comfer, and Belmar, and they've had to move uh, Jost over, play a little bit more center for him. Uh, you know, and that's been an adjustment here for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. By the way, Kadri would not be eligible to return until a game seven in this series if there is one. Uh, that yeah, would be the first game he'd be able to play. Game seven, huh? Because I, I, yeah. the way they worded that in the press release they sent to us earlier today was weird. Yes. Okay. Yeah, wow. it would be game seven. So uh, but the bottom line is, as long as Colorado doesn't lose two in a row here out of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, then they are going to be in a situation where they'll at least get Kadri back for one more game uh, tonight uh, in a potential uh, game seven. But obviously a huge game. And this game will be on our BetCast Thursday night which will be game six in Las Vegas. A great game that should be. We're hoping for it because uh, it's a part of our bet cast, but that is a game that I can't wait to see. I hope you join us Thursday night. Uh, time to be determined. Once we know the game, the time, the schedule, and the time for the two games on Thursday, that is when the uh, bet cast will be. So Thursday night, uh, the fourth Ice Guys Stanley Cup playoffs live betcast Thursday night. Make sure you join us. DM me, Alex, Jimmy, Ice Guys, Twitter, anything, any one of those uh, to reserve your spot on the uh, actual betcast. So uh, to join us Thursday night live during, at the very least, the Vegas Colorado game. Uh, perhaps we'll get Carolina Tampa game six as well. We'll see about that. But uh, absolutely, we'll have Colorado Vegas game six Thursday night on our next Ice Guys betcast. Make sure you join us for that. We'll get to best bets in just a second. Before we do, reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN, NHL, NBA playoffs, MLB daily, uh, U.S. Open golf next week. NFL preseason, believe it or not, is just two months away. So good time to check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, when you download the app, sign up for an account. You'll get bet, bo bet boosts. Weekly deposit, weekly specials, weekly incentives, deposit bonuses, uh, and more. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets for this Tuesday slate. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet tonight? Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay Lightning and Moneyline. I, you can find it, shop around minus $1.20. Uh, shouldn't be anything higher than $1.25 right now, so good time to strike on that. I think they'll be able to get the job done and close things out. Uh, like I said, they got the offense rolling now. Vasilevsky's still been uh, lights out. I think, like I said, that last game was just more of a of an anomaly. 
Uh, I think we're going to see him get back to form and Tampa Bay moves on to the next round. All right. Very good. Tampa Bay uh, minus 120 to uh, finish off the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, what do you like here for best bet? I'm right with Alex. Give me the same thing. All right, excellent. Tampa Bay, minus 120. Finish off the Hurricanes. Best bet for Jimmy Murphy. Mine is going to be uh, Colorado and Vegas uh, over 5.5, a plus 100 uh, in that game. I think we'll get over that number. It's imperative. Colorado be assertive and aggressive early. And I think uh, if that happens, Vegas has got the ability to maybe counterpunch and score themselves. They've got their offense going. They've got their forecheck game going. And if Colorado takes the lead early, which I think they will, I don't think they've got it in them at the moment to totally run away and hide. So I think that's why this game ends up being a bit of a back-and-forth affair with both teams finding the back of the net. We'll go with uh, Vegas, Colorado, over 5.5, plus 100 for my best bet tonight. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Thanks to everyone in the chat for tuning in. One of our loyal viewers and listeners, by the way, is Dylan Turner. We know him as Turns. He apparently involved in an accident of some kind. So uh, we wish him well, good health you know get well soon get better uh be on the mend and we hope to see you back that was uh, obviously very uh, upsetting to hear that so uh, we wish him well turnsy and hope he uh, recovers uh in a, a quick timely manner uh from the accident that he's uh, gone through but uh we wish him well uh the ice guys by the way seven days a week monday to friday 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday, Sunday, noon Eastern on YouTube. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys uh, in audio form uh, in uh, in terms of our podcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. Make sure you download and listen to the podcast of the Ice Guys if you can't watch us live. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.